Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 17 of my Train Your Mind for Athletic Success podcast. This is the fourth of six episodes in which I'll be sharing with you ways in which you can maximize your training efforts and the benefits that you gain from those efforts. The topic for today's episode is train like you compete. One of the first questions that I ask coaches and athletes I work with is, should you compete like you train or train like you compete? What do you think the right answer is? Well, by far the most frequent response is, you should compete like you train. Now, this answer seems perfectly reasonable if you think about it. When you train, you're relaxed, you feel no pressure, and are only focusing on performing your best. Why wouldn't you want to do that in a competition? And in an ideal world, I would agree. But we don't live or compete in an ideal world. The reality is that there is one huge difference between training and competition. Competition matters. How well you perform in training just doesn't really matter that much. And the fact that competitions matter brings with it all sorts of baggage related to expectations, focusing on results, comparing yourself with other athletes, and fear of failure. That's why so many athletes train much better than they compete. And as we all know, one of the great challenges for athletes is translating their training performances into competitive results. This barrier is also one of the top three reasons why athletes come to me for help. So, my initial reaction to the seemingly obvious question that you should compete like you train is that you can't, unless. Now what's the unless? Unless you train like you compete. From the poet Bernard Asuncion, practice like you've never won, perform like you've never lost. One of your most significant goals when you compete is to be as prepared as you can to perform your best. Think about everything you do to get prepared for a competition. A good night's sleep, nutritious pre-competitive meal, physical warm-up, sports warm-up, review technique, tactics, and game plan, and your pre-competitive routine. Now, let me introduce you to two essential rules for sports success that makes it an absolute requirement for you to train like you compete so you can compete like you train. First, whatever you do in competitions, you must first do in training. Now, this seems pretty obvious, yet it is often neglected by athletes. Have you ever tried to do something new on the day of a competition that you've never done in training? Well, hopefully not. But if you had, it probably didn't work very well for you because if you haven't practiced it in training, there's no way it will work in a competition. If you want to perform technically and tactically well in competition, you better get that technique and those tactics down in training first. The same holds true for every other aspect of your competitive preparations, whether physical or mental readiness. Second, whatever you do in training is what you will do in a competition. Now, ideally, the purpose of training is to develop effective skills and habits that will translate into great performances in competitions. But here's the problem. Athletes often rehearse bad skills and habits in training. For example, if you use bad technique in training, not intentionally, of course, that's what you become good at. You get good at being bad. And that's what comes out in a competition. Whether you practice good or bad skills and habits doesn't just apply to technique and tactics. It has a huge impact on your mental preparation as well. Here's a common example that drives me absolutely nuts when I work with athletes. As I described earlier in this episode, on the day of a competition, you go to elaborate lengths to prepare for your competitive performances. 
Yet, in training, I see athletes sitting around and chatting it up with their teammates before training rather than getting physically and mentally ready. What these athletes are doing is developing the habit of performing at about 70% focus and intensity. So in competitions, what happens? Either they compete at 70% focus and intensity, which isn't going to go very well, or they try to kick it up to 100% focus and intensity, but their mind and body explode because they're not used to performing at that level of focus and intensity. So think about what you do in competitions to get ready and do the same things in training. For example, do a good physical warm-up, review your tactics, get your body moving, and do mental imagery. Of course, you're not going to go through a really lengthy routine like you would in a competition, but you should shrink it down to a one to two minute version of your pre-competitive routine. And I'll explore this more in a future episode. With all that said, let's return to my original question. Should you compete like you train or train like you compete? My answer now is a resounding yes. You should train like you compete so you can compete like you train. The more you can make training like a competition, the more you will ingrain in your mind and body the skills and habits to perform your best in competition. The ultimate goal of which is that when you get to a competition, your mind and body automatically do what you do in training and you will perform at your highest level in the competition just like you do in training. From Emmett Smith, the Super Bowl champion running back for the Dallas Cowboys. For me, winning isn't something that happens suddenly on the field when the whistle blows and the crowd roars. Winning is something that builds physically and mentally every day that you train and every night that you dream. Now let me share with you one of my biggest pet peeves with athletes when they train. When you compete in sports, the clock starts when the starter's gun goes off or the referee blows the whistle. But you wouldn't know it by the way many athletes approach the beginning of training. I regularly see young athletes ease into training by cruising through the first few drills or exercises to save energy and then ramping up their effort near the end of training. This habit of working their way into training is related to intensity. Sports require intensity and focus as well as a bring it attitude. If you don't have any of those from the moment training begins, you're training your mind and body to not be ready when it needs to be. And that habit will hurt you in competition because there's no place for easing into things when it really counts. You've got to be quote unquote all in from the very start of a competition. So to ensure that you're ready to give it everything you've got before you begin every part of training, there are three things you need to do. First, get your intensity to its ideal level for the type of training you're doing. For example, if you're a swimmer doing stretching, you want to lower your intensity to foster a state of relaxation. If you're a soccer player doing footwork drills, you'll want your intensity at a more moderate level to balance the physical and technical demands of the drill. And if you're a discus thrower doing squats, you'll want to raise your intensity so you can generate the most power in your lift. Second, you want to ensure an ideal focus before you begin your training. Your focus may be on something technical or tactical, or on aggressiveness or consistency in your performance. For instance, you might focus on your spins if you're a figure skater, or your receiver's routes if you're a football quarterback. Finally, you'll want to create an ideal mindset with your mind with mental imagery and specific thoughts just before you begin to train, and more on those three areas in later episodes. The result is that you will be totally prepared at the start of your training efforts to get the most out of them. Now, you not only have to start strong, but you also need to finish strong. 
In addition to working your way into training, I also see many athletes ease up before a drill, exercise, or practice session actually ends. This is another habit that drives me crazy. Just like with cruising at the start of practice, athletes are ingraining letting up before they're actually finished. How often have you seen athletes having a good competition and then, with the end in sight, make a big mistake and it costs them a victory or a good result? This frustrating experience usually occurs because athletes think they're finished and lose focus and intensity and stop trying, or at least ease up their effort. But just as the clock starts at the beginning of a competition, it stops when athletes cross the finish line, so you need to make sure that you are focused and intense all the way to the finish. In training, always go hard till you cross the line or the coach blows the whistle. Giving up without a fight is my number one pet peeve when it comes to training. So many athletes I see will have some difficulties in training and just give up. What a truly terrible habit to get into. If you get used to giving up at the smallest problem in training, that is the habit your mind and body will ingrain, and that is what will come out in a competition. There are usually some deeper psychological issues at play here that cause athletes to give up at the slightest mistake or setback, notably perfectionism and fear of failure, which you can listen to in previous episodes. But the bottom line is that when you bail out of a drill, exercise, or other training performances, one thing happens 100% of the time. You fail, and a failure of effort is the worst kind of preparation for competition. You want to create the habit of fighting in all aspects of training. Of course, there will be some times when you can't finish the drill because you're going all out. Those quote-unquote failures are the good kind because you're pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone. Learning to never give up after a mistake will serve you so well in competitions where even the best athletes in the world make mistakes, but get it right back and fight to the finish. From Rashad Evans, an MMA champion, if I can go as hard as I can in practice, make sure it's a lot harder than a fight, then the fight's going to be easy. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 17 of Train Your Mind for Athletic Success. And be on the lookout for episode 18, in the near future.